What's up, world? <laughs> you know, I was in the shower the other day and this song came on and I just remembered how much I love this era. And suddenly all those good feelings just came over me, just like that hot water in the shower. Today, me and the homie CJ want to talk to you about 90s R&B. Do that for you? matter is, is that American culture at this point, what is truly American, is black culture, black culture, black culture. If black Twitter had a voice, it'd probably sound a little something like this. Colorful language. <laughs> Keep it up. My nigga, my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Colorful listeners, today's guest is somebody I met through social media and various groups that we're members of. He co-hosted the podcast Two Dope Smarks with my boy Najee, who, if you remember, talked about mental health with me last season. And with over 30 episodes of Two Dope Smarks under his belt, I think his veteran podcasting experience will help me deliver tonight's message. So with that being said, let's welcome CJ to the show. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing out there? (laughs) You know, New York in the house, you know. Yeah, all day, all day, yeah. twice on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so this is—I think this might be the first time I had a New Yorker on my show. So I don't know if that means. Oh, worse! Oh, yes, yeah, so I gotta hold the flag. Then I gotta—I gotta hold it down real quick. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I, that entails. You know. Oh, no, listen! I might have to throw the Tims on, and you know, the dead ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a few dead asses. You know, I might mm-hmm. have to go grab a chopped cheese or something. Then we'll be out. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. So, you know, I—I I, I thought about doing this episode with you, big bro, because um. You know, we're in a music group together in uh, Connoisseur's Corner. Um, there's a lot of topics that go back and forth in there talking about R&B and, uh, well, all kinds of music. But R&B is just one of my favorite genres. And, you know, I won't get long-winded, you know. Basically, when it comes to R&B, like, I'm one of those. I, when it comes to R&B, really, to be honest with you, I'm like uh, a white person in rap. Okay, hear Bro. me out. All right? Let me, no, no, let me, let me, let let me explain this. what that means. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like... A white person that used to listen to rap heavy from like 96 to like 04 so they know all of that but then anything else after 04 they have no idea what's going on that's pretty much what i'm doing you know with r&b right 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 r&b like i i got into it i got into it hard i'm not gonna lie like i mean growing up i i was a kid in the 90s so that was you know the soundtrack to my life if you will but i didn't mm-hmm. get to appreciate those records until I want to say when Usher dropped Confessions Part 2. Okay. okay. That's when everything changed for me. Because I was like, yo, this, like, the the inspiration for these records and what's, like, the message behind them. It's mm-hmm. crazy if you watch it, like, and listen from the 90s even going into the 2000s and to where we at right now. But we're going to get right. into that in a minute. Right? But that's yeah. just, you know, a little background. Yeah, for sure. And, um... Listeners, I don't want to get too much into the state of R and B is now. I, we can we're gonna talk about that a little bit. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. Gonna we're gonna be, touch. We're gonna touch. We're gonna touch on it, but this is in a love, a love and appreciation for things '90s. You know what I'm saying? And even early 2000s. You know, right around that right. 2003 mark. That's when shit right, changed. Right. Yeah. You know, basically what we're gonna do, we're gonna do our icebreaker. Uh, th- today's icebreaker, I want to do it, and this is gonna be a curveball because I didn't give you this ahead of time, so you're gonna have okay. to kind of be a little quick witty with. Uh, I got with, you with your response, but um, basically, 
we're gonna rank these not signature '90s sounds, okay? Okay. Signature uh, ad libs for that time. Oh, uh, let's do it. <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna be five sounds. I'm gonna play them back to back, okay? Okay. And, um, I'm gonna let you go ahead and rank them. So let me, cause I didn't create an order, so I'm gonna just play one. So okay. Let's start here. Now, just listen to it, and and just I'm gonna go through all of them. Okay. I'll rank them after you go through all of them. So that's number one. That's Nehu. Yeah. Yeah. Nehu. Yeah. That's 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 one. That's one of them. Let's get through all of them and then I'm going to let you decipher all of them. Gotcha. All right. Let's see where I'm at now. That's number two. Ooh, yeah, okay. Let's go to number three. Whatever the fuck that mean. So, <laughs> whatever that fucking mean. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, okay. And this will be the last one right here. Mm-hmm. All right. So All rank right. those. See, rank those. All right. This is going to be. I'm going to go from best to worst. Yeah. Instead okay. of going from. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. best has to be the Nehu. Nehu. That, that's. Okay. Yeah. That's off the rip. Mm-hmm. What reason being is because that ad lib was used on more than one occasion by more than one artist. It was kind of a universal. It was a universal war cry for I'm about to go in. Like that was that like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm about to fuck this shit yeah, up. Yeah, like that's that's, that's how you knew you was in for some shit when you played that record. <laughs> like <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Nay Who is number one and then we're gonna go with the Ooh Yeah uh as number two. That's mm-hmm. that's because Yeah, yeah. See that was like that was more universal as well, but not everybody could pull that one off. You know That's what I'm true. saying? Like that was That's like true. a that that was that was a spice, if you will. Like it was it was it was very unique. It was um, you know, it was a once in a blue moon kind of thing. But it also ensured you that you were getting the same level of quality as a Nehu. Like it was it was almost <laughs> like a, I could do that if I wanted to. But here's this one. Like I love the dissection. I love how you you, you know breaking it down. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Three, we're gonna go with the with the with the Donnell Jones the sweet because mm-hmm, that's like mm-hmm. that's I mean not everybody could do that but I feel like more people can do that than the last two. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Like that's everybody. Not it's rare that you hear people scat on records, but mm. it's not you know what I'm saying something that's never been done before. That being said, number four goes to Cisco with the fucking you know the high note. And, <laughs> yes, and, and, I, and I'm very happy that that the high note is there because I'm definitely gonna acknowledge that later on. But it's definitely <laughs> there. That's that's a, that's a staple in in '90s R&B. Facts. And number five, we're gonna we're, we're gonna give MJ number five because I don't know exactly what the fuck he was doing with that <laughs> sound effect, but he yeah. did it, and it was like it it, it he killed it when he did it. So mm-hmm. I gotta give him the number five slot because what i was ranking them off of is kind of generalized and that shit was just tailored to him nobody else can fuck with that like so 
that's that's top five to me in order. That's a that's a good order. And I, I didn't even get a chance to order it myself. So, I mean, I'm going to do a quick one and I'm going to give you my quick reasoning on it. I mean, right, right, for right. me, for me, I'm going I'm to start from the bottom and go up since you okay. went from the top, went down. I'm going to go up. So, okay. um, yeah, I'll start with sweetie to do the dee to dee. OK, so sweetie to dee to dee. OK, that shit right there. The reason why I'm going to rank it lower than all the rest is because it was a one time on that one song. And that, and okay. that was that was you know you you when you hear sweeter do Didi you yeah. know that came from Donnell Jones where I want to be so yeah that's, that's that one that um, also means somebody fucked up somebody you, you if you playing that record you did something bad oh <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah let's speak I mean we can speak on that real quick I mean that song right there is a get my bitch back record yeah you know what yeah I'm saying? yeah which I is mean, funny because the video was on some foul shit you know you saw the Twitter yeah, thread definitely. they was talking about how you know he gonna pull up with the black leather vest or whatever the fuck yeah you know what I'm saying. She already with a new dude, dinner. and yeah. he's just How going sweet Adidas. Yeah, this, yeah. So anyway, that that's 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 at the bottom. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with number four. I'm gonna go with that 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 because uh, okay, you know that shit was lit though. I mean, and yeah, the thing it, is, it was it was Mike Mike was recording with Teddy Riley at that time, and can you imagine what that studio was like when Mike got out the booth? And he was like, "What y'all think about that?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, did, did that sound good? Let me play it back. Play it back. You know, Yo. you know what I'm saying. I bet you the niggas was like, "What the fuck?" You know yeah. what? We gonna let it ride, Mike. Because I mean, you, you, Michael Jackson. You know, you can buy this whole studio if you want. So anyway, facts. You know, we're going do that for number four. Gotcha. Uh, we're gonna go Cisco with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that's pretty good. That was pretty good right there. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know, I can hold a tune. You know, I can mm-hmm. blow. You know, so uh, that's number three. I'm gonna go number two. This is where it gets tricky, man. It gets tricky. I'm mm. gonna switch it up and I'm gonna do Nehu number two. Oh, I'm gonna do oh, Nehu I, I, number two. You know, all right. And the reason why I'm gonna put Who Yeah at number one is because it to me Who Yeah was just that defines the '90s in just one, one, one simple note. You know, just whenever I hear Who Yeah, I think about '90s R&B. Whenever I hear Nehu, I hear about a bunch of different songs. Nehu, they've been yeah, Nehuing since like the late '70s. All the Fast. way up until now, but who yeah, that you know, not everybody can who yeah like like uh, KC. You know what I'm saying? KC is the goat. I was just about to say KC is the goat when it comes to that right there. But you got Ty Dolla Sign. He does it now too, and that's dope. You know? He's pretty solid. I mean, but you know, Ty is one of those new guys that has that old school feel to some of his records, and I love he's that about is. him. Yeah, he's one of the few that's still carrying the flag. He's true. Know? He's true to it. He's definitely true to it. He's not. You know, he. I mean. And we'll, we'll talk about that later on, but I mean, you know, Ty, Ty is definitely holding it down, and he's paying respects where where it's due. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, listeners, that's our icebreaker. We just rated some '90s signature sounds for y'all. You know what I'm some saying? Some classic sounds. Classic that was, sounds. That was, that was good. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know. <laughs> I wish it, man. If if bruh, if a dude get on a track right now and it's come, it was on the radio and it go Nehu, bruh, that's that's. I'm, Bro, I'm I, with that song. I, I was expecting one on this Chris Brown album. Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm really, I was like, you know what? He's going in because I heard so many good things about <laughs> it prior to it releasing. And I'm like, yo, he's about to, he had the feature with her. I'm like, he's he's yeah. about to kick. That's I'm a Nehu record. 
yeah, I was like, yo, that, I'm expecting it. And when I didn't get it, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, when you unwrap all your gifts on Christmas and the one thing you get really, really wanted is not there. You're like, ah, come on. Like, <laughs> you got you got some good gifts. But you're like, exactly. Like you got you got some you definitely got some good stuff. But the one joint that you really, really, really wanted is just like, ah, man, Turbo Man was sold out. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, that's fine. You know, I'll yeah, that's cool. So yeah. um, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the first topic that I want to cover with you. And um, I'm going to just go ahead and ask you the question straight out. And we're just going to expound on it. Sure. What are three reasons that you think that 90s R&B was so damn fire? Okay, cool. Um, number one, uh, vocally, that was probably one of the strongest periods in music mm-hmm. overall. Like, yeah. I, I think any genre, any... Uh, you know, uh, any era, any like, because I mean, especially in the music group, and you know, in society today, everything is a count, like a countdown or 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 a ranking of some sort, or you know, people posting their playlists. And I'm like, yo, from from 1990 mm-hmm. to 2000, I want to say, even if you want to go a little bit further, say 2001, whatever. Yeah, I'd say 2000. You had exactly like you had. Whitney Houston, who is probably one of the strongest vocalists of all time. Mariah Carey. In my opinion, is. Exactly, exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, she's definitely top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, Mariah Carey, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, New Edition, Johnny Gill, like, even, even the one hit wonders were really, like, stronger than one hit wonders that you see nowadays. They had to be. Yo, John B, like, John B has an Mm -hmm. all time great classic r&b record we only heard from this man one time one time but literally if he performs that today i'm going to the show yeah <laughs> i'm, I'm pay, going to the show I'm, I'm just i, I wouldn't pay more than about 20 bucks though 20 yeah, would be facts. the max like, exactly like it, I'm, I'm going to that show though like yeah it, sure. it's rare that you have guys nowadays who you you know what i'm saying a year or two from now you don't even care about yeah but this yeah. guy came out with a record almost 20 years ago and i'm still willing to see that perform live hell yeah hell yeah you know so so you know i mean it it definitely is a testament to how strong vocally that era in music was for r&b um number two i think uh the content of the songs the lyrics the the you know what i'm saying the emotion that went into those records is something that you know we, we a little bit earlier we talked about in 2003 around that time that's when shit changed um prior to that it was okay for somebody to get on the record and say, I love you. It was okay for somebody to get on a record and say, yo, I fucked up and I want you back. It was okay for somebody to get on a record and be vulnerable without, you know, social media or, you know, you know, an audience that's going to dissect every single lyric and say, oh, you know, this guy is too soft or or you know it's uh it's you know he's simping or whatever the case may be like if 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 Tevin Campbell comes out right now and drops can we talk everybody's like oh that's a simp record yeah pretty much you know what I'm saying pretty but much. you know back in the day he came out and dropped that record and it was like yo this is the hottest shit well, under the let sun me say right this now. they might not even call it a simp record they just might say it's too slow or it's it, it's, exactly. it's not it's missing something or whatever it's you know? soft like you know it's, there's a whole yeah. bunch of things that's the the critiquing that goes on with music today it's 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 cool and it's disgusting in the same voice like mm-hmm. um yeah. but you know that that's my that's my number two thing the content and the uh the lyrics behind the songs it was definitely a, a very strong emotional period in music as well and uh number three would have to be like the 
if you can blend look and feel, it's like the aura behind that time in music and R&B. You know what I'm saying? Like the look was different. It wasn't as edgy and you know what I'm saying? Kind of because nowadays R&B has influence from a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Back then, these guys was taking influence from guys that the guys before them, which was like, you know, uh, the bars, you know, yep. Jackson in the 80s. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was yep. it was they were pulling from them and kind of adding their own twist to it. But it, it was it had that it still had the boldness of the 90s behind it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain. But it's like the smoothness who, of the 80s, but then it was exa- exactly. had a little bit of hip hop influence. Exactly. You know? Like, and Bobby Brown is the perfect display of that to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bobby has records that go, like, you know, slap on the RB tip, but he was wilding out. Like, yeah. he was really so, on some thug shit. Exactly. Know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some I think RB thug old, shit. Yo, bro, first off, when I watched the BET movie that they did for him, and mm-hmm. Homeboy was in the house party and they played Love Me in a Special Way on there. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. this is, this, this, that was just the perfect scene for me as that far as R&B goes. Like, that was exactly. That was a great time. Anybody that was, you know, lucky enough to experience that, you think back and you're like, yo, that just felt good. Yeah. It's I get good. what you're saying on that scene. It's like the whole aura of it. It was like that time yo, frame. You know, it, bro, was, it, like, it felt like an endless summer. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, yeah. right. Like, I remember, you know, my mom, my grandma, they had tapes, like cassette tapes with these records on it. So you hear them now and it just immediately brings you back to that. You don't even like, it's like a switch goes off in your head. You're like, yo, I like you feel that, like, that, that emotion. That's a, a lot of that is missing from music in general today, but especially R&B because that's something that was very 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 crucial to that time mm-hmm. yeah so, so you know that i mean if, if i had to narrow it down to three things i'd say that yeah for sure and i mean those are those are pretty much the the main things i want to you know as far as mine i want to do a little bit more detail on it right but no, other no. than but other than what you said i also wanted to add the variety of sound that you got back then Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you had you had your ballads like traditional singing, like you had uh, Deborah Cox, you had Tamia, but then you also had hip hop. It was kind of blending into the sound. So you had Bad Boy and you had Mary J. Blige. You had uh, Groove Theory. Um, tell me if you want mm-hmm. me to. Uh, you had uh, Jade. One twelve. One twelve. So total. Um, mm-hmm. SWV. So their right. sound was a little bit more hip hop ish. But then you had like party records too, and like, uh, hey, Mr. DJ, you mm-hmm. play that song all mm-hmm. night. Uh, shit, shawty, swing my way. It was so yep. many different types Montel. of sounds. Montel but then, and then you it. had this is how we do it, which was you know like a throwback with an R and B blend, like G funk type thing. Then you had uh, Neo Soul, which was starting to take shape, and you had uh, D'Angelo, and you had uh, Erica Badu. They were getting going. Um, mm-hmm. That's before Neo Soul really took off in the 2000s, where you had like Music Soul Child, India Irie, and all of them. But, right. Um, they were laying the groundwork for that Philly sound. And then um, you had uh, In Vogue, which was like a classically trained. They were like, you know, classically trained with the four part harmonies and right. all that stuff. But then on the flip side, then you had Adina Howard talking about busting it wide open for a rough neck. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> You had whatever you wanted. You know what I mean? Seriously, seriously. You had, nah, you had I could definitely kid. agree with that. And then in addition to all of that, you had like these powerful records that were charting higher than any any genre. You had like One Sweet Day and uh, right. I Believe I Can Fly. I mean, I'm not going to talk a lot about R. Kelly, but we're going to have to. 
But um, Yo, and that's the <laughs> that's the fucked up part behind it. Not to cut you off, but I'm gonna put a pin in that for a minute because as much as I don't like acknowledging Robert, we have to when it comes to nineties R&B. To. The you have Robert to. There's Kelly. no way around it. It's no yeah. way around it. It's that nasty fucking Robitussin shot of medicine that yo, you don't want to take this, but you have to. You have to. You have to. And I mean, the thing about R. Kelly, it's not just his songs that he sang, but he wrote he a bunch them. of songs that he you know. Them. Yeah, he penned and them, I, bro. You can't like. It sucks because I mean, like it, it. It sucks because I I remember having this conversation not so long ago where it's like I was talking to one of my friends and I'm like, yo, I wish is one of my favorite songs of all time and I can't fucking listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how much I, that sucks, like. Yeah, man. And um, I just like after the documentary, and I won't spend a lot of time on here, but after the documentary, I just I just had to just stop. You know yeah, what I mean? I was no, just yeah, like, okay, yeah, I don't, I feel you on that one. I no, I can't get that many streams. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's crazy because like you got to think about certain songs like "You Are Not Alone." Mm-hmm. That's, that's R. Kelly, and it's like, damn, I can't even listen to Michael Jackson. You know, um, I, I think he wrote um some stuff for Boys Demanding Them. So I mean, it's like a lot of stuff that like mm-hmm. he had an influence in. But my point is, as far as the variety of sound, no matter what different types of songs you had versus a Deborah Cox versus an Indiana Howard, or you had um, you know, uh Don't Walk Away, all yeah. of that stuff, they were still amazing chord structures, there were amazing harmonies, and it was methodical and unique. It wasn't a lot of copycat to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's really what made the 90s shine is because you had so many different choices. But outside of that, because that's my number one that I, I want to say that it made 90s so fire. But um, a couple other things was the videos. <laughs> I was, oh, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? The, the videos now, granted, I don't know how fire videos are now. I don't watch videos like that. I mean, a, a video, the, the music video is something that has died in music and it fucking sucks. It really does. Cause I mean, like for I don't know, I don't know how it is in every household, but for me, you have traditions that go along with music videos. You have to watch Thriller in my house on Halloween. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, it, there was an art to it. Like some of these guys, half the budget went into the videos. Michael Jackson made movies, like yeah, out of yeah. his music. Videos. Remember the like, time was a whole remember movie. the time as a movie, like yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Smooth Criminal, that's a movie to me, too. Like, you know, like, it's just... And, again, they a lot of the time, they took inspiration from movies. Mm-hmm. They put their own twists on it. Like, I remember the when... soundtracks. Usher, there was a ton yo, of soundtracks, you know? Bro, I remember when Usher came out with the My Way video with him and Tyrese doing the gang fight thing. And I'm like, yo, this is fire. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 that creativity, it, it's something that I think... R&B get I mean music in general they get a pass with today. Well let like, me there's let me, no re- Yeah, let me interject real quick because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, because the thing is I feel like from what I've seen in videos now there's a lot of artistic design and it looks great visually. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in videos like abstract art and you know girls hanging from ceilings and all kind of stuff but um right. you know I think there were defining characteristics of those videos back in the day that told a whole story. And some of these videos, even though you said they spend a lot of budgets on money on budget, some of these videos they they shot with a regular old camcorder or whatever, right, and they right, still right. was just they had a look to them that was just really cool. But you that's know what the, that's the thing: the money went into the costumes. Like I remember my mm, way, yeah, my yeah, way yeah. was probably shot with a my way, my way was probably shot with a bullshit camera. You know, what I'm saying regular regular old camera, nothing crazy. But the costumes that they wore. Yeah. The choreograph, like you know what I'm saying, the dances that went along with it, like 
that's where the creativity, you know what I'm saying? You got another level to put into it. Let me ask you this. That's because, do you think that's because they didn't have all the diff- different digital effects that we do now? Like they had to make something work with what they had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because nowadays you go and you have a fucking meeting with the director over lunch in Hollywood and yeah. he puts the whole treatment together for you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like they, they, t- they basically tell you how they want it to look exactly as opposed to somebody who somebody like and i you know i keep bringing him up because he's the goat when it came to this shit but michael jackson had a hand in making all his videos look the way he wanted them to look mm-hmm. if you if you've never seen any of the documentaries that come along with his music videos i'd advise people to do that because it, it kind of makes you give like it's a whole new level of respect for him I'll never forget the scene with him putting the contacts in his eyes with the wolf scene in Thriller and how they had to keep flushing it with the saline because I'm like, yo, like, it, it's crazy. It's, it's, it really is. I mean, but he I mean, really, really took a lot of pride in his craft. You know yo, but that's how much goes into the art. And that's why, I, you know, he's so respected. Like, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to mention as far as the videos, the simplicity, some of the ones that are just ridiculously simple, but it was just a tone. You know what I'm saying? I think mm-hmm. about um, Avant. I think about Separated. Okay, that song. Oh, yo, that's and, one of um, my favorite songs of all time. It's it's awesome, and the video was so regular, but it it defined the '90s. You know what I'm saying? So the girl in the video, for those who ain't seen it, for you children out there that's listening, the girl yes. in the video, they arguing or whatever. He leaves off to ride off with his homeboys, and then she start whooping her own ass in the house. And then, <laughs> I mean, she's like slapping herself in the face and stuff. And then she right, called the police right. on him and get him locked up. Sounds like a simple situation, but back then when I was watching it as a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell?" My Yo, I didn't yep. even know women did stuff like this. So it was like invoking emotion through just simply just acting, you know. And I thought that was kind of cool. So the video, and then not to mention, I'm gonna talk about the funny part of it, but the body movements, you know, the hands the, mm-hmm. the pointing off, the looking off. <laughs> yep. um, I think about Carl Thomas, I Wish. That video was very regular, but I mean, he wasn't doing nothing but just looking in the camera and just looking in the sky and about to cry. And I mean, you felt that shit, you know? Right, um, right. Ray J, One Wish, even though that's in the 2000s, you, you felt that nigga dancing in the rain. You felt it, you know? Right, right. And, uh, you know, even you had like a Boys to Men. Like, I watched a bunch of Boys to Men videos yesterday and um, all of them every single one first of all they can't dance so they just kind of stand in different areas on the camera and just look in different directions and just be singing but it'll be yeah. like one one will be like in a jungle and then another one will be like in a desert <laughs> you know like we like we together but we not together like <laughs> right right we sing about se- separate situations but it shares the same theme you right. know what i mean so um the videos I, I i just love the videos from that era um you know it was just a great time and then the last thing is i'm gonna actually piggyback on what you said really and it's um those emotions man these guys were yeah. singing about the same subject matter that we sing about now to be quite honest with you but the lyrics were a little bit more varied and the uh emotion that was meant to be invoked was intentional um but it wasn't just about missing my girl or wanting to love you or whatever man bruh let me talk about a song real quick um mm-hmm. this song is called is by next next has like three or four songs and that that was pretty much all they had but one song that next had was called um too close oh, and yeah. this the whole song the whole song was mm-hmm. about how a girl gets your dick hard on the dance floor right the whole song was about erections but they didn't say they dick do you understand right. Right. The the level of mas- master art that you have to make a song about erections but not actually say it. 
mm-hmm. and then the shit be funky like you know what i'm saying they, and, they, and the funny shit about it is yeah not too many people even caught that about the record i didn't you know that the, they get them to, exactly like at the time Yo. you're like oh this shit just you know what i'm saying it's just a fire song like you know yeah. you know like i i didn't find out that the song was about erections up until like probably 2008 2009 yeah like, so that's what that's why i'm like yo like to to, to you know how crazy you have to like your penmanship like your craft <laughs> has to be for you to slip something by me for almost fucking 13 14 years Decades. like what? like yeah like yo and there's people that hear that song to this day and be like oh you know i didn't get it like yeah you have to sit down and explain it to them it's crazy <laughs> yeah and um i'm gonna get because we got another section of the show ladies uh, and gentlemen ladies i hope y'all are listening because this is about 90s r&b but um <laughs> yeah we got another section of the show that i'm gonna talk on like uh an example of that like the artistry and the lyricism without actually having to say uh you know our girl i'm gonna eat your pussy you know whatever you know and that's kind of what we're getting now and that's that's gonna be a little transition right here into go into how music has changed i know i said i didn't want to talk a whole lot about um then and now but um i do want to spend just a little bit of time to talk about how music has changed as far as the r&b scene um CJ, what do you think are some goods and bads of how R&B has changed? Um, what you heating up, boy? Uh, actually, kids, <laughs> uh, kids bottle. That's it. <laughs> yeah. See, no, man. Uh, see, look. Even during the podcast, yeah, he's being no, no, a, no. a father, man. I, it don't I gotta stop. be a dad. Listen, man. Um, <laughs> and, and it's funny because that's something that I got to touch on during the podcast too is the fact that I'm raising kids. And I have to pass down this knowledge of R&B to them. Oh man, I didn't. Even I think have that. to. Yeah, it's 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 my duty. Like it's I have to. There's no way around this. But it, back to the side, to the top of your hand. Um, one thing that I say changed majorly, and it's something that couldn't be avoided. But I mean, it still frustrates me. Uh, the production, the production, and the way the music sounds now changed drastically. And and, and it sucks because a lot of the time, they won't even draw inspiration from it and try to do something different. They'll just sample it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like that, and that's like, it's cool because the record, you know, slaps regardless because you know, you immediately uh, uh, make the connection from the original record, that's but right. um, it's very minimal creativity with that. Yeah, how it's many not times? The same. Exactly, like how many times? It's it's almost like a bailout. Like yo, I need a joint for my record. I'm gonna go and get something that I know works, and you know, plug that in. Like, and I mean, we as fans, the 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 standards are set so low now that you know it keeps happening it, it's something that i want to say it started happening heavy um uh, maybe around like 2013 maybe like that's when the the sample era started like going crazy and i mean now you got guys that like you know I, you got a guy like tory lanes who will come and just flat out steal your record like, yeah just straight up you know just what I'm redo exactly. your record maybe add some few different lyrics um exactly. things like that yeah, I, let me ask you about this though, real quick, because well, while we're on that topic, because think about the '90s though, they did a whole lot of jacking from the '80s as far as break beats and you know different right. things like that. But yeah, you bring up a good point. Is now they're just taking the whole song and just exactly. sampling like, it, it like it, like rappers, you know? Exactly, and that's something that I wanted to make sure that you know there's a there's a clear there's a line in the sand when it comes to that. Like you know what I'm saying? I don't mind you stealing. You know what I'm saying? A melody, or like you know what I'm saying, or or you know break. sampling mm-hmm. exactly. Like don't like there's 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 the gray area to it. But when you flat out you know coming and you're stealing you know lyrics 
format, the beat, like everything. Like then you, you just it's the cover record, really. Yo, I blame not, these. I, bl- I blame these '90s uh, singers from back in the day because they're the ones signing off to let them do this, and I think Seriously. they're just doing it just so they can get the check. Um, yeah, yeah, John definitely. John B definitely. comes to mind because John that that song uh, they don't know there was some girl recently there was a song that was playing on the radio and the whole hook is the same hook is what he said that's I'm like, crazy that's Yo, crazy like you didn't even try to remix this yourself like you just took it just straight up but John B is like you know what let me go ahead and get this check I don't give a shit right. you know right so right. yeah I blame them but anyway go ahead um I touched on it earlier and this is my time to shine with it the high note. The high note has changed so much in R and B. The high note. It's 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 almost like they're scared to go there with it. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like back then, it was almost like a duel on records. Like I, I mean, One Sweet Day was basically a duel between Mariah Carey and four niggas. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's what exactly like, what it was. Yo, like and yo, it was going at it. Yo, exactly, and and I remember watching the music video with them sitting in the in the studio on these stools. Yep, and that's exactly what it was. It was that's like, all yo, the video was was them just in hey, studio yo, singing against each other. She's bringing it, but they're bringing it too. It's a fucking standoff. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, nowadays it's rare that one guy will go and take it there on a record, or one girl will. You know what I'm saying? And, or even and add some ad libs, do some runs, egg, give me something. Egg, you know exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, and it sucks because we're in a still very good era of R&B. Oh, There's amazing absolutely. artists out there right now. Absolutely, you know her. Um, Chris Brown, obviously, you got to count him. LMA, but then you got the guy. Division, exa- but then you Daniel got Caesar. Ex- exa- Daniel Caesar. If you still want to, like, there's the guys out there. But then you got the cookie cutter guys like Trey Songs, who you know is capable of he doing. Can do it, yeah. He, I mean, can't help but wait is one of my favorite songs ever. Like, I mean, I, I have a lot of favorite songs ever. Shout <laughs> out Neil. Listen to this exactly, but you know, um, he's proven that he can do it but no he'd rather just take the easy way that he knows works for him because nobody's gonna really you know critique him the way a purist like us would anyway they're not i mean well the the industry is not looking for records like that exactly like exactly like it's just Mm. so easy nowadays for them so um you know the high note that's something that's definitely changed for them they got it so easy right now because you would have tried that shit back in the 90s you would have been you would got your ass handed to you yeah seriously fucking try try going in the booth with Whitney and telling her that you're gonna do that little like and try to take it there with her she's gonna fucking smoke nah. you yeah <laughs> like, nah you gotta get so, out of the studio you exactly know. um and then um if I wanna say something else that's changed behind it something good mm-hmm. um I will say that I, <laughs> I like the long pause there's very few things good that have changed from it in my opinion just because I I, I hold that era in music so high but um I will say that it's very the the, the fact that it's different now. Mm. It's a good thing as well because I mean, you got artists now that are trying to infuse R and B with different sounds and different, uh, you know, different um, just different styles overall. Like I remember the first time I listened to Black, and I'm like, yo, it's kind of like or Bryson Tiller. I remember like you know both those guys. It's like yo, it's kind of like R and B, but it's a lot like trap. It has a feel to it. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's fresh. It's young. Like you know what I'm saying. Like it, yeah, it's like its own trap, genre. Yeah, exactly. Because that's exactly what trap soul was to me mm-hmm. when I heard yeah. Bryson's when I heard Bryson's first joint all the way through. I'm like, all right, this is trap music and and R and B and soul. And he did mm-hmm. 
probably the, the best job I've ever seen of blending the two. Like, sure, sure. So you know that's that's I would say is something that's positive for them. But when you got a guy like um like Ty Dolla Sign who comes in and can do that as well, but also infuse the '90s into it, and then he just takes it to a whole other level, and that's why he's where he's at when it comes to the ranking with these guys. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's a lot to take in. That I mean. It, but I do want to talk about some things that are good that have changed, you know, for 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 lack of a better term. I mean, you, you've got the music that's it's it's really creative as far as the sound effects that the producers are using um, and and the way that the soundscapes are laid out. I mean, it's really cool. And it's it, it does fuse with rap nicely. Um, it right. kind of it, it blends together. So, I mean, it, it's a good vibe. But I think that's the problem is it's too much vibe. You know, people just mm. want to catch a chill vibe, you know, to R&B and R&B historically, especially in the 90s, was about bringing it and leaving it all in the studio. Um, the sound is Yo. a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it Yo, goes back I to got, your I point got, about the high note. I mm. got I got a one point I got to bring it for you and then I'm going to let you keep going. It's mm. funny that you said, like, the, bringing up the whole vibe thing. There's a record that Ty Dolla Sign has with um, Khalid and Black. It's uh, OTW. I'm pretty sure you've heard it. They have the. Exactly, and have you ever seen the video for that song? Mm-mm. Go look at the video for that song. Everybody listening, go look at the video for that song because that song is a complete vibe, and the video is strictly inspired by '90s R&B videos. Like they got the orange flight jackets, like Jodeci had. They're hitting the old <laughs> dance move. Like it, it's it's a dope way to blend the two. Like, and that I, that's the first thing I thought of when you said it. So I was like, yo, I got, I have to put that out there and acknowledge them for doing that because not everybody can. Right. Yeah. And I mean, leave it to Ty Dolla Sign, who obviously has a '90s influence. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you get a few diamonds in the rough every now and then, which is great. Right. Um. And I, in the state of R&B is in a good place, from what I hear from R&B heads, that there's great music out there for you to listen to. But um, you know, compared to the '90s, it just doesn't hold a candle. Uh, some other things I wanted to say is that the artists are not very indistinguishable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever I hear some somebody singing, I don't know a Daniel Caesar from a Khaled. I don't. Right. I, I can't tell them two guys apart if I listen to the song, other than right. somebody tell me that that's their songs. I can't tell right. an LMA from you know some other chick. You know what I'm saying? But uh, they're not very technical. Some of these singers, and that's why it's hard to tell them apart because they're not giving the technical prowess that you know some of the older singers would give it's a lot my comparison is it's a lot of Aaliyah's you know out here right mm-hmm. now but mm-hmm. the, the you know and Aaliyah was great she was okay but let's call a spade a spade Aaliyah wasn't the strongest singer in the 90s that's why she had to take some time off and reinvent because right. people may not remember this but Aaliyah was kind of falling off after uh, what second album I think and yeah. um, she took a good like five years off before she dropped right. that Aaliyah album and but she was just trying to make a climb. Dropped. Yeah, exactly. Look when she dropped, like look yeah. when she look at who her competition was That's at right. that time. You had Janet, which was doing her but better, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and then you still had Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. Uh, you know, even even if you want to compare her to the younger girls that were more kind of in her class, mm-hmm. Aaliyah against Monica or Brandy or, Brandy? or like you know yeah. one of those like. That's, that's, that's a great tough. point. That's rough. Like that's rough. Like, that's a that's a harsh reality to, to like to face as a musician. That shows you how hard the '90s was. It was tough competition. But if Aaliyah was alive now and she came out like right now, Aaliyah, honestly, Aaliyah might be facing the crowd. 
because everybody kind of has that same, uh, you know, just kind of just uh, zone out, spacey type vibe. So um, that's not a bad thing, so to speak, but it is a little too much right now. We need some more variety. So I, I did, like I said, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but because uh, you know, '90s is what we're focusing on. Right, um, right, right. So let's go to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, top five. So we're gonna do another list here. Top five favorite R&B songs of the 90s. Give me your list. Ooh, okay. Uh, I put a lot of like thought into this list. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot to choose from. So Exactly. It, it was so much to choose from, and that's why it makes the list kind of dope and special because I can guarantee everybody's list is different, mm-hmm. and yep. those songs mean something to that person. That's right. So that being said, I didn't rank them, but uh, my favorite five joints from the 90s, uh, R&B-wise, um, I'm going to go with Water Runs Dry by Boys to Men. Fire. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with My All by Mariah Carey. Fire. I'm going to go with Can We Talk by Tevin Campbell because that, like... You you play that record still, and I'm hitting the two-step. I don't care. I don't give a fuck where we at. Like, it's just... It's, it's mandatory. Yeah. Um, and it's good for and, everybody, anybody. Ex- you know exactly. Like yo, I, there was a there was a video that went viral not so long ago of an older gentleman driving a car, and he had this little young kid in the back seat, and this mm-hmm. kid was belting out this record while the, the the older gentleman cheers him on. He's like, "Yeah, you sing it, youngin." Yo, and I, it made me smile so like I had the biggest smile on my face, and I'm like, "Yo, that's that like that's it for me." Like you know what I'm saying? Like you. You you want to pass the torch in those ways because yeah. I had a moment not so long ago where I spoke to this younger person and it was an interesting conversation because this younger person I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna put it out there but this younger person didn't know who Michael Jackson was. Oh, damn. Exactly. How? This person was about. Yeah, this person possible? was about. Exactly. This person was about 16, 17 years old. Granted, so they're very, very young. But still, not to know who Michael Jackson is—that's gross. That's disgusting. Yeah. I so yeah, back, back, back. Yeah. So back to my list. Um, it's our I job had, to show these kids, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, I'm going with uh, "Can You Stand the Rain" new edition. Mm-hmm. That's just—it's—it's it's a staple. It's a classic. It's one of my shower records. You know, I might get in my little shower set, and then that's definitely, you know, third or fourth song in rotation, and um. Number five is Only You by 112 uh, with Notorious B.I.G. And that's because um, I I remember when the song dropped and uh, that summer, I remember my aunt had a Jeep and uh, I just remember riding around with her blasting the record over and over and over again. And it was just a feel good time. It was, uh, you know, the verse from Biggie, it was dope. And um yeah. The, the video that went along with it like you know what i'm saying it wasn't nothing crazy but a whole bunch just of young guys exactly fun, you know? with the vans and leathers like it was just it was just dope and that you know that's always been something that uh just stuck out to me and i was like you know the, it, it automatically brings me back to that time and again that's what the that's what you look for when you're making these lists so uh yeah those are my top five uh r&b joints from the 90s and that's a great list because it's got you know pretty much all the heavy hitters you know, from back yeah. then, from 112 to Mar- Mariah Carey, you know, all kinds of heavy hitters back then. Right. And, um, you know, that's a good another good point that you brought up is the emotion, the feelings that you feel when you hear these songs and you remember where you were and, you know, all of that. And I'm imagining I'm like, is anybody going to have like a, 
Oh, I remember when I first heard Indigo. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? I remember Yo, when I first heard Heartbreak on the Furrow Moon. That was man, that took me back. Like I don't even imagine these young kids will have that kind of moment. They're gonna just they're gonna remember times when they heard Old Town Road. They're gonna remember right. when they first heard Bodak Yellow, but they're not gonna remember when they first heard like Wild Thoughts or you know, something like that. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. And I mean again, like that and for me, it's it like I said earlier in the podcast, um the the whole nineties R and B thing, I got to appreciate that when I was already a teenager. So I can remember, I remember hearing my all when I was a kid because I had aunts like, you know, whenever it was Saturday or Sunday and we had to clean the house, that shit would be blasting out of the speakers. But you know, when you're fucking four or five years old, you don't care about that. You're trying to finish up so you can watch Power Rangers or whatever. So, but I remember, I remember hearing it as a teenager and I'm like, yo, vocally, that's probably one of the strongest performances in Mariah's career. Career. Yeah. On that record. Right. Like I like I remember hearing it and hearing her hit the high notes and everything and I'm like yo she is you know in that perfect studio, pitch in that, perfect pitch no auto tune no redos just one take you know in that studio session she must have been on such a high yeah like imagine being there sitting there witnessing that and then having to mix that down and edit it after it was done oh man yeah Had to be that's incredible that. yeah. that's incredible bro. And I don't so, know if, I mean, if, if uh, producers, artists, you know, anybody is really getting that same feeling right now. You right. Know? Like, you, exactly. It's again, like she, like the what she did on that record, mm-hmm. 90, I want to say 98% of R&B artists today would be terrified, would yeah. never go for it, ever. Yeah, right. And the ones that would, the 2%, they're probably not big names anyway, so you probably never hear the record, you know? Right. Right, and I mean, again, it's not like the, it's not like they're not capable. We've heard great records from even Chris Brown, like absolutely. So you know, I mean, it, it's 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 lack of effort on their part and laziness. Absolutely, absolutely. So let me get into my top five songs, and then we're gonna. I've been waiting. To, I've been waiting to hear these. Let's go, bro. Yeah, and all of mine are definitely um, either it's got something to do with the melody, it's infectious, or it's it's actual memories that I've had. Um, I didn't I didn't make a. Like one through five, it's, I'm gonna do the same like you. Just these are the yeah, five all over the place. Like. Yeah. So okay. um, I'm gonna go with Return of the Mac. Mm. Okay, Mac Morrison. Oh, I don't. I don't really know if uh, that's classified. As, well, it's an R&B record. It is know? an R&B record. It and definitely is. Absolutely. And and here's the reason why I chose this record and why I love this record so much. This is the greatest, um, you know, stunned on my ex song ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you listen to the lyrics of this song, this man went through heartbreak. She made him cry, lied to him. And he was like, you know what, bitch? I'm out here, ho. You see me, bitch. And the funny part about it is it's that and it's also one of the best feel good songs ever. Oh, yeah. That beat. As soon as you hear that beat, come on. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you you getting up. You know what I'm saying? But the video, the video didn't have a feel good. If you remember the video, it didn't have like a feel good vibe. It was him wearing like he looked like fucking Blade. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And he's just walking through like a dark hallway. But right. the point the point of the song is that look, I'm back, bitch. You ain't gonna get right. me down. I'm here. This is a redemption song, you know what I'm saying? So Facts. return to the Mac. Um Facts. next song. This is actually this next song is my all time favorite. So this will be number one if I had to rank. This is my all time favorite song, period. And I know it might be a little corny, but fuck it. I don't care. This is my favorite, number one favorite song. This is how we do it, Montel Jordan. That's not corny at all, bro. That's a, yeah, that's but I mean, well, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they play that song so much, da da da. But that's the best song ever. It's, it's got every element you would want in a song. Great vocals, 
great lyrics, great feeling, great beat. Everything was perfect in that record. I'm not mad at that argument at all. Like yeah. that's 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 completely plausible. The next record for me is gonna go um, Joe. I want to know. Okay. Oh, now, good choice. One thing about Joe is Joe is ridiculously underrated. Let's get that out right. of the way. You know, right. he doesn't get a lot of credit for what he's done. But, um, you know, that song and all the things your man won't do, those are incredible records. Um, and the reason why, like, I want to know so much is because it defines like a smooth and sexy R&B record. It is like the like prototype of definitely. Yeah. Of what an R&B record is about, you know, and he's and he sounds so courteous and gentle to the woman. I want to know what turns you on. If you mind telling me, if not, that's fine. You know, he just sound, I know he didn't say that, but that's the vibe you got. He's so courteous. Yo to the woman and you, you know? want to know what's crazy it, it, you're absolutely right that joe is one of those guys who doesn't get his like his just desserts because he he falls into that class with guys like case case yeah. was amazing yeah case and never one. yeah it, it, like, you know what i'm saying they never get their props because they got outshined by the guys who were at the top of the charts like and mind you mm-hmm. it, i mean again it, if if these guys drop now oh man they crush these guys they crush like, you like crush you yeah it's yeah it's crazy it's crazy so um that's three so i got return to mag this is how we do it i want to know next song is uh too close that's next i already talked mm-hmm. about this song i don't really need right. to say too much about it the song is about a girl making your meat hard on the dance floor <laughs> and that's basically what the song is about and i just it's a great record you know mm-hmm. um and uh my number five is gonna be uh mary j blige real love and uh mm-hmm. You know, the reason why is because that drum break that they use from top billing. Um, mm-hmm. So they got that. And then that piano riff, that is my favorite piano riff melody, whatever you want to call it. I, 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 saw, you, I saw you. I saw you post something about that. Yeah. yeah. Anytime um, I hear that piano riff, I listen to it all, all the way through. And I mean, that was a great record. Um, you know, had the hip hop vibes. She was in the video dancing or whatever. It was just a feel good record. A great great song infectious melody and um i just want to give an honorable mention um to always be my baby that's gotcha. also that's also one of my favorite records of all time i remember as a kid hearing that song and this was when i was more into r&b than i was into rap i didn't really know anything about rap you know as a little nine-year-old ten-year-old kid and um yeah always be my baby that song is it sounds simple like the melody is simple but mariah low-key like you people can't touch those notes no, you know what I'm saying she's great at that. She's so great. Yo, it, it's funny because we saw it early in her career, and then she didn't do it again until like the Emancipation of Mimi album. That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. like she she coasted for years, knowing that nobody could fuck with her, and then she just stunned on everybody again. Yeah, and she dropped a new re- album recently. Not a lot of people listen to it, but I mean, it's it's pretty dope. I gotta check that out. But anyway, so um, you know, we've we've reached a section in the show, uh, ladies and gentlemen, where. I, I, I talked to CJ about this and I kind of wanted to do sim- something similar to I don't know if you guys watch ESPN but on Sunday there's a show called The Sports Reporters and during that show each reporter goes down the line and they talk about something pertaining to a certain sports topic that's important to them and they get the floor for like a few minutes so um, what we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing CJ I'm going to let you take it away any topic you want to talk about just go ahead and um, let them hear it Oh, I've been gearing up for this. Uh, so what I want to talk about is the auto-tune bailout. The reason I call it the auto-tune bailout is because that's exactly what the fuck it's become. It's become a crutch for 
these vocalists to you to you basically can fucking go in the booth and coast it. You don't have to vocally strain yourself or or go for anything on a record because you know that that shit is gonna come out sounding however the fuck you want it to because you sit down next to Mr. Engineer guy after and you tell him what you know uh, the amount of reverb you want on it or you know how much uh how much you want to tweak it or you go back in the booth and you cut it maybe once or twice after that and then it, it's a song after that. It's 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 funny because. We shitted on T-Pain after the whole death of auto-tune thing with Jay-Z. We shitted on this man for using it. You know, we said that his whole career was based on it. And then, and then this nigga comes out of nowhere and drops a melody music video proving that he didn't even have to use the shit. He can vocally, he can sing, sing. T-Pain can sing for real. Yep. You ever watch the, you ever watch the, the, the what is it, the Mass Singer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Bro, he won the whole fucking show. Mm-hmm. But yet you got guys like um who's who's guilty off the top of my head of using the auto-tune thing as a crutch. Um I know Trey Songs did it a couple times. Sure. Um, like you know, it's just it's it's Chris Brown low key does it. I feel like he does it because it's he, he's being lazy. He's he's did it a couple times. I I can definitely agree with that. But it sucks because these artists have gotten so accustomed to doing that when they don't have to. See, back in the day, nobody, everybody, if anything, everybody was trying to steer away from using anything that would make their voice sound anything unlike what it was. You didn't have lip syncing going on at shows. You didn't have all of, you know, the, the, the shit that we see nowadays. If you went to go pay your hard earned money to go see somebody perform, they were trying to make that shit sound as close to the studio version as possible. Some of these motherfuckers was coming off the stage drenched in sweat like they just played four quarters of in, in Madison Square Garden. But nowadays it's it's you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna dance and I'm gonna, you know, you know, probably take a chick out of the audience and slow grind on her for a little minute. And you know, that's that's the show for you guys. Cause nowadays when I go to an R and B show, which I mean is very few and far between, because most of these motherfuckers can't even sing live, but when I do Nine times out of ten, that's guaranteed gonna happen. And that's why you gotta kinda appreciate the guys like Miguel, who came on the scene and his first album is one of the best R and B albums in I wanna say the past, mm, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's a fair assessment. You know what I'm saying? Like his first album with joints like Vixen and all that, he he held his own, and that's why he's where he's at right now. But the fact that you got a class of R&B artists and not so long ago the best R&B on the market was coming from a guy like Justin Bieber <laughs> cuz we're not going to overlook that we're going to we're going to give him his just dude Justin Bieber had the hardest R&B records at one point purpose was fire i think purpose and the journals album <laughs> so i started with the auto tune but it's really the fact that you fuckers have gotten lazy <laughs> it's lazy it's sloppy it's 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 uninspired. I, I feel like Joe Budden right now when he talks about hip hop, it, it's it, it needs to stop. It really does. Like, cause it's not like you guys aren't capable. You just don't really give a fuck about it. Yeah, that's 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 a great point, man. Auto, the the auto tune, you know, and and just the state of R and B now, and you know the laziness out there. Yeah, it so. is. It's it's, com- it's really laziness, bro. That's all it is. Like, yeah, cause they can be great. They mm-hmm. can be great. So, um. Let me go ahead and get into mine and we'll cl- go ahead and close out listeners. Right. So I did kind of write this stuff down. So 
whatever. Oh, yeah, fuck dude. y'all. Okay. <laughs> if, if I wrote it down or if it's freestyle, I'll give a fuck. Okay. This is what I, my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Came from my brain. All right. No ghostwriter. So, <clears throat> so I want to take the time to talk about a song, a little song that I enjoyed from the nineties. And this song is called last night by as yet. Ooh. And this, this song released in February of 1996. So definitely nineties. And this song defines the dramatics of the 90s and it also proves that some men really just don't deserve bomb ass coochie <laughs> basically basically this song was about was five guys singing about how the cooter cat was so fire that they almost died okay <laughs> they almost fucking died because it was so good okay now take a second listeners and think about this think about it for a second do you know how strong a nut has to be for you to have a near-death experience do you know how how long you got to be backed up before it almost kills you busting a nut? These dudes, they saw the sun. They saw the moon. They saw the mountains and the mountains goddamn and the rivers. rivers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The, the pussy made them see the lay of the land. <laughs> what kind of celestial vagina can make you visualize the inner workings of the entire universe? Right. Maybe Maybe they was having a stroke. Maybe the Poom Poom was was radioactive and they got superpowers like Captain Marvel when she blew up the Lightspeed engine. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be, I, I really think they was just gassing the girl so they could get another round so they can, they you know, to. hit again, you know? So, ladies... They played that song for her. They oh, yeah, basically. They, they was like, I Definitely. want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Yeah. And, yeah, basically, they just gassed the girl up to make her think her box was out of this world. And, ladies, if you're listening, here's a little advice based on that information some men will say any fucking thing just to get that horse to the old town road and, and ride one more time and so they can't to, no more. yeah till they can't no more <laughs> they're gonna say anything whatever it takes just to saddle up and ride one more time they're gonna say that your box was so good that they almost fucking died in it you know what i'm saying <laughs> they almost died in your pussy you know what i got to get that again so, ladies, ignore the hyperbole, ignore it, and read the actions instead of the words. I want to close out with a true story about this ridiculous yet amazing song. The first time I heard this song, um, CJ, I was riding in the car with my Aunt Tootie heading home. I was, I was eight years old, and it was dark, and it was raining for some reason. Okay. And as I listened to this song... Bro, I legit started to tear up. Like, I started just quietly sobbing while my auntie was driving home. She wasn't even saying nothing. We was just in the car. She thought I was asleep, but I was just sobbing to myself. And the reason why, and this is a real story, bro, a real story. I I believe you. I believe you. (laughs) This is a song that I heard for the very first time, and it made me cry. And uh, (laughs) I remember thinking back then, I was remember thinking like, I just want to see something as beautiful as whatever these guys are singing about. You know what I'm saying? I just want to see whatever this beauty, you know, I almost died because it was so beautiful. What can bring you to the point of death? Right. If you saw it, you know, like Bird Box. If I open my eyes and I see it and I die, you know what I mean? But what I didn't know, what I, what I didn't know as a kid was that they was just singing about clapping some woman's booty cheeks. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So in, <laughs> until Chris Brown makes a crappy remake of the song, I'm going to play this song every now and then and remind myself of what defined the 90s. 
using beautiful imagery and lush soundscapes to describe the feeling of an extremely powerful orgasm. So beautiful. (laughs) That was just as beautiful as the song was. Listen, I have to give the song its credit. Okay. (laughs) This song, this it's one song out of a million songs in the nineties that just really was just so poetic. But if you really break down the anatomy of the song, all they talking about is getting some pussy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But right. (laughs) They said it in such a way that it brought an eight year old child to tears. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So, <laughs> yo, and that's, it's funny because it, 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 now that you've said it, it yeah. really that, that's gonna stand out in my head. Yeah, that's Think probably the most dramatic record of the night of all time. And I, listeners and and CJ, I mean, if you haven't seen the video, the actual video, please. Of watch course the video. I have. Yeah, yeah. Of course I have. Like, that's, it's it, so yeah. ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's it's amazing, and that's really what defines the nineties, dog. Nineties R and B. It's so damn lit, you know. What it I'm was saying? over the top. It was, it was, it was dramatic. It was, uh, it was very emotional. It, w- but it was, it was a special time. It really, really was. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we've we've covered this topic um, all the way through. I think obviously there's more things to talk about, but we've come to the end of the show. So, right. CJ, man, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you taking your time, man. I know you're a busy no. dad, man. You know. Hey, listen, man, thank you for having me. I was so excited to do the show. And uh, again, like I said, I'm a big fan. So, um, yeah, man, I, I thank you for having me. And uh, it, it was it's really been fun. You know, this is you definitely have a, a very well put together show. And it's uh, I, I love the fact that you cover everything from 90s R&B to, uh, you know, mental health and, uh, you know, empowering people of color. And it's just it's it's very dope what you're doing. So keep doing your thing, bro. Much love, much respect. And um, yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. So with that being said, this is Colorful Language. Hey, everybody. If you like this episode of Colorful Language, subscribe to the channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to share your thoughts on the show, contact Friday Beats at The Colorful Language on Instagram, at Color Language on Twitter, and through the Colorful Language Facebook page. Thanks for listening.